0: 23 minutes away from 8, Robin Campbell, Matt Doyle from UB 40 after 8. Meantime, Ashley Bloomfield, as it turns out, isn't saying goodbye quietly, although he's about to leave his job. He's announced yesterday that a bunch of councils are going to have to add fluoride to their water, and Ashley Bloomfield is with us. Good morning. Kia good morning. Let's talk fluoride first of all. It well, sort of came out of left field. Why's it taking you so long to use your powers?
1: Oh, well, there's a process that has to be gone through under the legislation. I've had to write to the councils, um, all the councils, which we've done hear back from them what the current situation is there and ask them to estimate how much it would cost and how long it would take for them to fluoridate their water and then uh, consider their responses for each different council and on the basis of that we've started with these first 14 and also that's fourteen that we've got funding for to help them cover the capital costs of installing the fluoridation.
0: So is it just the is it the cost thing that's I can't work out why we just don't if you're in charge and we all agree fluoride's good, why doesn't everyone just get fluoride?
1: Oh, well, it's the point I made just yes, that actually they, they don't need to wait for a directive from me to fluoridate their water. Um, and so I'm strongly encouraging all councils that aren't yet doing it to get on and do it. Uh, But with this new process, uh, we have to follow what the legislation lays out, and we've done that as quickly as possible. Believe me, I've been um, uh, chasing the team hard to make sure that we got these first directives out uh, before I finished up in the role.
0: Can we say in the fullness of time, everyone will have a tap with fluoride in this country and should have?
1: Well, that's absolutely the intention. Uh, And certainly those people who are on, uh, you know, medium to large water supplies, there are a lot of people who are on very small water supplies, and they don't have to be fluoridated. And also, it's not as cost effective for those. So you need to do other things like make sure they've got um, fluoride toothpaste
0: and so on. All right. So let's talk about the other side of you. You're off, you're gone. Have you sorted out a new job yet? Even if you're not going to tell us what it is, do you have any clue as to what you're going to do?
1: Uh, I can be honest about that. Mike can say no, I don't, but uh, you know I'm open to suggestions and offers. So if there's anything in the broadcasting area you think looks like me, you know, do do
0: you want to be our medical correspondent? Because quite often what happens is we come up with new research and ideas and concepts, and I need a bright brain to come on and say this works, this could happen, this might not be a waste of time.
1: I'd say that as a compliment, Mike, uh, if you're putting me in the same sentence as Bright Brain, that's great. Cheers.
0: There we go. Well, we'll we'll sort out a contract and we'll get you back on the programme. Do you think you got politicised in this whole process?
1: I I certainly um, am really clear that I'm independent and and work in an independent public service. I think that aspects of the response were politicised, and because I was so prominent and central to that at times, um, it looked like I was personally being politicised. But I can put my hand on my heart and say, you know, I I, um, served as a public servant and, and in accordance with the public service
0: values. Do you feel you got celebrated more than you realistically should have?
1: Oh well, I didn't have any controller that, that response, you know, and the celebration, as it were, or, or the the sort of personal um, uh, gratitude that was directed at me. But what I would say, Mike, and I get a lot of messages from the public. Virtually every every single one of them says thank you to you and your team. So I think people absolutely recognise that while I was the face of the response that there was a huge amount of work happening Mm -hmm. behind me and that that was the success of the response.
0: And when they started printing t-shirts with you on it, did you think this has gone probably just a bit too far?
1: Well, the only good thing about the T-shirts was that it raised $160,000 for Women's Refuge, so I'm happy about that. But, yeah, it still um, uh, puzzles me and surprises me when I walk down the street and see a T-shirt with my face on it. Um, but I think those will, um, you know, gradually get go to the bottom of people's drawers, maybe pretty quickly, and, and won't be quite such a, 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 a fashion item if they ever were in the, in the future.
0: What about the friction between... Health and politics, and how politicised some of this became, or how you got caught up in the politics of it that you didn't necessarily want to. The things you said behind closed doors that will never be made public, that didn't go your way, etc. Was that hard work?
1: Oh, look, the 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 response was hard work. I mean, it was incredibly intense and it was relentless. And I guess the 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 key thing was just the pace that things were happening at, uh, especially in those early days and. Terribly huge. I mean, huge decisions. You don't uh, take the advice around or a decision around locking the country down lightly at all. But that was only one of them. I mean, closing the border, uh, the whole MIQ set up. It was all incredibly, um, you know, these were big decisions. So in a way, it's right that these decisions are, are, are challenged, that there's a high level of accountability. And I was, I guess, right in the heart of providing advice around those. So, yep, it was... It was a pretty relentless and, and challenging time. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think, uh, you know, the advice that Mike Ryan gave from the WHO back in March 2020 was, you know, the biggest mistake is not to act, um, act fast and have no regrets. And so I'm pleased that we did um, take the steps we did early on in the pandemic.
0: What about the accusation of arrogance on the ministry's behalf? You're inflexible and you didn't listen to people. Yeah, that surprised me
1: somewhat. I think, um, you know, we worked really hard to make sure we were taking uh, a whole range of feedback and perspectives in, into account. Of course, in the early days, things were moving very quickly. But I, I would like to think that um, as, the, as the pandemic progressed, we really opened up a whole range of channels for people to provide input and and became more responsive.
0: And that sort of goes or dovetails into the private sector. They were screaming at you saying, let us help. We've got good ideas. Mm-hmm. It appeared you had a, just a big fat brick wall and you weren't interested.
1: Oh, well, look, I would say we weren't the only player um, uh, in this, uh, of course, uh, from the on the government side. Um, and we worked uh, tremendously closely with a whole range of public sector companies, um, and it wasn't all of them. And so sometimes it was the ones that perhaps weren't um, uh, at the front of the queue or who, who might have missed out on something, who were the ones who, who were making a bit of noise. But it, we couldn't have done this without a huge amount of um, support from the private sector. Most of our laboratory testing uh, is done in the private sector, and yeah. so they were
0: key players. The health system, what we have discovered, is grossly underfunded, doesn't work particularly well. Should you have done more in your time to make that aspect of life in this country, generally, COVID aside, better?
1: Oh, well, to the extent that I could during my four years as DG and even as a DHB chief executive before that, um, you know, we've seen big increases in funding uh, into the health system over the last four or five years. Uh, through successive budgets, uh, staffing has gone up uh, significantly at much higher rates than in previous years. But of course, uh, we've had the challenge of a global pandemic at the same time, and um, and as you would expect, that's put a, an additional layer of pressure on the system. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done there. Uh, what I am confident in is the people who are leading it will will pick that up and will take the opportunity that is there now and improve the system even further.
0: And on a scale of 1 to 10, 10, it's been unbelievably cool. 1, you'd rather shoot yourself in the foot. How's been dealing with me?
1: Oh, dealing with you, Mike. Oh, look, I would, I'd give it a seven to eight out of ten, Mike. Um, I mean, you know, the the key thing is, um, in, from my perspective, is fronting up, and your job is to ask the hard questions. You do that very well, and so I'd like to think um, we 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 both do our job to the best of our ability. Maybe I could turn the question on you. How's it been from your side?
0: Uh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the exchange, and I think the fact that you kept turning up was always to your credit. And I I, I wouldn't rate your overall performance in the pandemic particularly highly, but that's my personal view. Uh, But I've enjoyed the exchange and I've enjoyed dealing with you and I I wish you all the very best.
1: Thanks very much, Mike. I appreciate
0: that. Ashley Bloomfield, Director General for a day or so longer. Final time on the program. Unless, of course, we hire him as a medical consultant.